Hello and welcome to Very Much Earth Darkana, where we talk some things tabletop gaming, other things Dungeons & Dragons, and all things in the first episode. Welcome to the first episode, everybody. I'm your host, Harrison Cordo, here to introduce you to my co-host, Matthew Easdale. Matt, how do you feel about starting the first episode? I'm feeling pretty good. You know, having a coffee, woke up a couple hours ago, feeling good, ready to talk about some, uh, some tabletop game in action. Exactly. We are so ready to talk about tabletop gaming uh, that we got all of the explanation of what the game is in the last episode. We started all that before. In the episode zero, I explained, you know, what Dungeons & Dragons is, what homebrew is. And that's for the real normies that aren't used to Dungeons & Dragons. Um, but if you're a normie, it's fine. We'll teach you the ways. Hey, we were we were all normies once. So uh, you, you got to be a normie before you can be a a normie <laughs> whatever yeah. a, not a normie is <laughs> yeah a gamer is the opposite of a normie yeah. <laughs> but speaking of ways to start our way of segueing into this podcast is talking about monk classes we are working on so um for the bulk of this podcast our main sort of avenue for homebrew and this season of the podcast is using the tools of homebrew the srd and other sort of uh, terms that Dungeons and dragons like the coin for you know, making your own content and making your own rules. What we're going to be doing over the entirety of this podcast is basically making our own homebrew book. Episode by episode, creating an entire book full of comic book-inspired subclasses for D&D 5e, or Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. These are all kinds of different subclasses that will integrate right into the regular subclasses, uh, just meaning just extra options for the regular classes like fighter, wizard, uh, and monk, where we're going to be talking about this episode. Didn't want to go too crazy with like making a class on our own because that takes like a lot of testing and a lot of like extra things to take in account for like the type of play styles and like what like the lore and everything like that. So subclasses are the easiest way because they are just like two or three features that have, you know, a little bit of fun descriptors, uh, but are pretty basic, just like superpowers that a comic book inspired person could have. Um, uh, when I started writing this book, um, about three years ago, I've been working on this book for about three and a half years now. Uh, hopefully, we'll complete it on the fourth, but, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll be very due diligent. And also, like usual, pretty bad about posting a podcast this weekly. <laughs> we should be better about that, though. Yeah, I've been writing this book for about three years. I got the idea originally from making a Hulk-inspired uh, barbarian. You know, it's just like, oh, Hulk's very ragey. It'd be cool to, like, not just, like, go angry as a barbarian, but, like, transform your entire body. And that spun into uh, 30 plus subclasses I've been making over the years inspired. <laughs> so yeah, two two or three uh, subclasses per class in the game, uh, D&D. And there's a lot of really cool ideas that I'm excited to share. Uh, but for now, let's just go into our two subclasses for Monk. Uh, monk being very spiritual, very um, dexterous, you know, very fast, very quick, and very combat focused you know, very uh, proficient uh, in combat, uh, more specifically like melee combat. So I kind of worked like a like a Shaolin monk, Jackie Chan kind of vibe usually yeah, is exactly, like the, yeah. the go to kind of flavor that I think people tend to go to with monks. Yeah, monks are intended to be just sort of a fantasy equivalent of just like a magic martial artist, you know, like you it utilizes, you know, a lot of key and a lot of just sort of movement to like basically empower your body. And then uh, later on, uh, many sort of uh, monk 
subclasses went for more magical sort of things. It basically started, the first subclass was Way of the Open Hand. You punch and kick very good. <laughs> and then you can use this sort of magical force uh, in the world called keys, basically centering your, your body's energy into your attack. Um, but then that also translated to spells later on. You know, you had a way of the way of the uh, astral projection. Uh, you have these massive like astral arms that you can uh, punch with. Uh, you have a way of the elements. You know, you have like you can use like elements like kind of like Avatar, but like very not good because monks are notoriously uh, nerfed, uh, which is known as uh, underpowered by Wizards of the Coast, uh, the people who make uh, the books for Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, the most recent example of this was a very cool subclass uh, called Way of the Ascendant Dragon. Uh, this was uh, basically you were harnessed the power and fire of like a dragon to like use a bunch of cool elemental powers. Oh, it's basically like Dungeons and Dragons first like pitched this in their weekly release. They have like this sort of newsletter called uh, Unearthed Arcana, which is what the title of this podcast is based off of. They made a very cool just sort of like dragon monk class where you can like hurl fire and like grow like these magic wings to like fly around whenever you use an ability called step of the wind every monk can like go faster but some subclasses let you like fly around a little bit and then when the official release of actually have it right here bane's treasury of dragons that was uh i think the latest book that uh dnd has released that's the last one i got anyways they underpowered the character compared to the initial uh, Unearthed Arcana article. They made it less effective and harder to use, which is the story of the monk in general. You know, whatever cool ability they end up with, they eventually uh, <laughs> sort of backpedal on that a little bit. It's just like, oh, we don't want this like martial character to be too strong because like melee damage. That's also one of the reasons why I uh, make my own rules for like a lot of like sort of martial prowess uh, based classes for D&D because they are very underserving to melee fighters like strictly with your with your fists and your very good kicks. Wizards of the Coast really wants you to use weapons and magic and all that boring stuff instead of just having a good sock to the jaw for most of your combat. Um, Matt, have you ever played a monk uh, in your time with D&D? Uh, I have not. No, I've played. I've played a couple martial characters, you know, my my famous Grug, the Barbarian. Um, Very famous. Is, I think, the only martial character I've actually played now that I think about it. But, um, yeah, I've never played Monk. I know in that campaign, uh, our buddy Matt played played a monk who was pretending to be a cleric. Oh, yes, Fainal Deep Weaver. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in a different D&D campaign I played, I had someone else playing a monk but uh i i've never played one personally <laughs> yeah it's always seemed to be a job for someone else until today with these two subclasses we are for sure gonna inspire you to finally play the monk i will finally get off my anti-monk high horse that i will pretend to be on for this episode <laughs> exactly you won't be a ridiculous social spellcaster or a lame weapon wielding maniac Exactly. All I need is is my two fists to beat up everyone on the Sword Coast. Yes, and of course kicks. We have to legally we have to true. do require kicks. Very I I will do some kicking too. Speaking of kicks, let's kick it over to our first <laughs> subclass, the Way of the Spider, uh, inspired by everyone's favorite web crawler, Spider Man. Um, I think I can say that legally in the podcast. That's like, yeah, this is similar to, you know, the web slingers of, you know, there's, there's more than just, you know, Spider-Man, there's Spider-Man Noir, there's Spider-Ham. 
Peter Porker. <laughs> There's Ghost Spider, which is a very odd rebrand of Spider Gwen in the past few years. And they've been trying to push Miles Morales as the Arachna kid <laughs> <laughs> in like boys and stuff, which is which I disagree with. Having just Spider-Man and Spider-Man is fine. But hey, I'm not a marketing guy. I'm a homebrew guy. <laughs> and I am pretty uh, proud of this homebrew. So yeah, uh, let's just uh, jump into it. So, uh, And you can, of course, follow along with all these PDFs on patreon.com slash VME Arcana. I'm going to be posting the version ones of all the PDFs we talk about on the podcast on there without any money. I'm not charging any money for Patreon stuff yet as we uh, just sort of start the podcast. But yeah, that'll just be a good way to just read through all these PDFs because thanks to homebrewery.com, been able to format every PDF in a very D&D-like manner that I'm quite proud of. Yeah, you had me fooled. When I first pulled these up, I was like, oh, are these <laughs> pages from the D&D books? But then I read it and I was like, no, this sounds like Harrison wrote it. <laughs> yeah. A little bit too much wordplay uh, off the start here. <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's, get, let's get some epic music in here and uh, let's start reading from this PDF in a dramatic manner for the sake of podcasting. <clears throat> you are one of the chosen few that are indoctrinated into the arachnality, a vast yet specific subset of the multiverse. <laughs> the Arachnality, a set of realities that offers many powers, but contains many dangers. Filled to the brim with power that demands true responsibility, a very lucky few are brought in, or even raised, in the order charged with its protection and study. Different Arachnid realities have many different variables at play, but all have a uniting principle of spider-themed powers and selfless heroism. So yeah, that's a fun little flavor for the subclass. Uh, every subclass in D&D has a very good introductory paragraph that you really got to nail down. And uh, <laughs> quite proud of that one. Uh, the Arachnality, of course, plays on the Spider-Verse. I wanted to sort of make this uh, subclass. I, I was racking my brain. A lot of people have different interpretations of Spider-Man. You know, Monk makes the most sense to me because of like dexterity and all that good stuff. But a lot of people have pretty valid versions of their own homebrew where it's like a fighter that has webs or... Like, I think there was a pretty cool one that was like a sorcerer to where like you were born with Spider-Man abilities that you just zip around and like cast webs and just describe them as just like a web that lights people on fire or a web that like heals people, <laughs> you know, simple stuff like that. But I definitely wanted to keep it to like Spider-Man. Like you have a lot of web options, but the main sort of monk abilities of just like hopping around and like, you know, punching better than most just really fits the character a little bit better. And like a Spider-Man with a sword, it's totally possible with this build as well. This doesn't stop you from doing that, but Spider-Man with a sword is just not as interesting as Spider-Man with a very good kick. <laughs> yeah, no, that, ma that makes a lot of sense to me because, uh, you know, the reason Spider-Man punches and kicks so much is because he's not necessarily trying to kill anyone. So it seems like giving him a sword kind of <laughs> defeats that purpose <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. And. I guess this is a sort of thing that I've definitely wrestled with for the entirety of the podcast is just being like, oh, and you get a bonus for not killing people, you know, yada, yada, yada. But like D&D, it's fine to like kill people. There's like wolves and like big monsters that eat babies and stuff like that, you know. And, you know, roadside travelers that aren't doing anything, but maybe have something good that you could use. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you want to be a highwayman, I mean, you can definitely be an evil version of a Dara character. I definitely, that was an initial struggle with a lot of these sort of early Bruce that I did over the years. Is that, you know, just basically just trying to keep things like 
divorced from lethality like because uh, in D&D it's pretty easy to not be lethal you can just say okay I deal non-lethal damage this has to be an entire campaign based around that you know because yeah. like most villains are just like hey I'm going to stab you until you die and you have to be like no I'll block your attacks and knock you out <laughs> um, which is totally viable too you don't do less damage non-lethally than anything it's just that D&D as a morality case you know a lot of people fall in the pitfalls of morality but like if there's ghouls and ghosts running around, you can slash a dude. There's a definitive afterlife. They'll be fine. I mean, it's not like you should feel bad about killing a ghost since it's already dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, ghosts want to die. They have unfinished business, you know? Yeah, exactly. So so go ahead and kill ghosts is yeah, the moral ghosts, of this yeah. podcast. <laughs> exactly. Freaking bust those ghosts wide open. Uh, so yeah, let's just get into the kind of powers and break it down. So the first ability uh, for monks you unlock is at level third. Uh, level third. So the first ability, <laughs> the first ability you get with the monk subclass is at the third level. You discover uh, mystical wrist garments from your order that channel your key into the astral webs that weave the fabric of the arachnality. The astral webs empower your key abilities in the following ways. Uh, while using Step of the Wind, you gain a swinging speed, uh, a flying speed. There's a few different Step of the Winds that give you a flying speed. Uh, by swinging on webs attached to the invisible anchor points of the arachnality everywhere on all the planes. It's just basically video gamey talk for just like, your web attaches to a certain point so you don't have to worry because there's not a lot of verticality in most fantasy settings. If, you're, if there's like a two-story house, you can swing on like an invisible magic point, you know? <laughs> I felt like I made the magic webs instead of like, hey, yeah, you have to, and at, at every short I, rest, you have to spend. I think that's a good balance too because like as much as like trying to get like everything realistic and immersive and stuff like that, it sometimes it can kind of take away from the fun if you're spending all your all your resources doing the the things you need to get the stuff to do the cool stuff instead of just like doing the cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I respect people for, you know, doing grimdark campaigns, like really taking care into like, you know, the effort that it goes to doing fantasy things. But magic is real and things are fine, you know? <laughs> People could chill out it's a little fantasy, bit, man. So if your fantasy is to do the grim, realistic stuff, like you could do that. And if your reality is, oh, I want to do some cool Spider-Man stuff, you can do that too. Exactly. Speaking of cool Spider-Man stuff, uh, your astral web shooters give you a few different abilities. Um, basically, what I want to do with this first uh, range of abilities, um, this first range of features, uh, is just to empower all the power to empower uh, the many... Um, abilities that a monk already has and just add webs to them. So yeah, when you use Deflect Missile, um, it's basically like ca like the classic just sort of Kung Fu movie thing, uh, not unlike Kung Fu Panda 2, <laughs> of catching a thing and reflecting it back at someone. The classic Spider-Man move is just like hitting a projectile with your web and swinging it back around. So when an ally gets hit you within you, like your range of movement, so it scales as you level up. Also, scaling abilities is always fun. So all of these are based around your range of movement instead of just like 30 feet set and dry. Uh, you can be more of a support character by using Deflect Missile for your allies as well, uh, which I think will work out very well. When using Patient Defense, that's the least used monk ability. Uh, it's just a bonus action dodge, which is just disadvantage on people. But as Spider-Man, the classic thing is blinding someone with web. So if they miss an attack while you take the dodge action, you basically blind them and then they have to use a bonus action to take off their face. There's no, maybe in playtesting we realize that, oh, maybe we should have like a saving throw, quote unquote, or something like that. 
Um, but just ruining like your enemy's action economy by making them use a bonus action to basically cure themselves of blindness is a very good idea. And Flurry of Blows. I didn't want to make anything too overpowered, so they could just use a Flurry of Blows to blind another enemy instead of, you know, doing an extra unarmed attack. Although people will always just do an unarmed attack because punching <laughs> is good. And monks get to do extra punches. A lot of subclasses have like another little addendum sort of feature. So also at third level, the arachnality has altered your body to inhuman levels of strength and perception. You use your wisdom modifier in place of your strength modifier on athletics checks and saving throws. Yeah, that's a pretty normal monk thing to use wisdom for like jumping and attacks and stuff. Uh, but I also thought, hey, might as well throw in saving throws as well because, you know, you have empowered strength and you can have strength as a dump stat, which is always a great feeling. Because other dumb stats uh, really bite you in the ass later on. With, uh, what was Greg's intelligence? A minus three? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the caveman wasn't very uh, wasn't very smart. <laughs> so far, that hasn't really come back and hurt us too bad, but yeah. Yeah, and a 21 strength, really. Leveled that out or something. <laughs> he's all brawn. <laughs> Absolutely yeah, well, we no can't brain. Have a brain. He's a skull. I, also, literally, because he's a... Yeah, he's a skeleton, so he's literally got no brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get into making player races as well, because having a ne Neanderthal skeleton was a, a big brain move for a small brain character. Um, yeah, we'll get into that in a later episode. Uh, also, you can spend one key point to reroll a dexterity or strength saving throw. Spider-Man dodges stuff well, so might as well just throw that in. Because uh, key point economy is somewhat important for... A monk, but unless you're doing stunning strikes, you end up with a lot of extra key points that you don't really end up using. Speaking of key points, we'll move on to uh, the sixth level feature, Webs of the Spider. At sixth level, you find more versatility in the power of your astral webs. You can spend key points to use a bonus action, webbing techniques. Now, this is basically adds another thing you can, another option you can do for a bonus action instead of your normal, you know, step of the wind, uh, patient defense, that kind of thing. Uh, you can spend two key points to web a creature's ranged weapon within 120 feet of you to give them disadvantage. It's basically, I mean, if you're using firearms in your D&D campaign, which some people do, it's usually like a steampunky sort of musket kind of thing, but there's also a lot of rules for like regular rifles and automatic weapons. Spider-Man webs up the muzzle of the gun. Absolutely. Just sort of ruins it. Uh, I also think it's funny because if you're using a bow and arrow, you just web up somebody's hand to their arrow so they can't actually let it go, so they have to like tear it off. <laughs> uh, you could spend three key points to reroll an initiative roll. Uh, Spider-Man is very aware and like, you know, the spider sense goes off and he has to like jump in the air and leap around. And if you do like a bad initiative roll, that kind of goes against like what you're the character you're making. So I like to add an option to like just reroll things every once in a while. You can also spend three key points to warn a friendly creature of danger and give them the evasion skill, which I did spell wrong on here. Very cool. <laughs> The evasion skill is for rogues and monks because uh, they're very dexterous. They take uh, no damage when having a successful dexterity saving throw. So giving that to somebody else seemed like a nice thing to do as a bonus action uh, by just shouting, no, because nothing's more superhero than shouting no and reaching toward reaching your hand out towards him. <laughs> uh, honestly, Spider-Man trademarked that. So. Especially when they're like falling off of a building and he like jumps after him and says, no. Exactly. Which, I feel honestly, you. I, feel it. <laughs> I usually do a dexterity saving throw to take half damage on a on a fall. That's just a sort of homebrew thing I do. So it's also useful for that situation. Good call on that, man. 
I mean, I guess that kind of gets back to like the verticality thing where there isn't a ton of verticality usually in fantasy genres. So it's like, yeah, we'll cover oh, that. you're falling out of yeah. the, the second floor story of the local inn. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't want to bury the lead on the book too much, but we're also going to be working on verticality and encounters in later episodes. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that in this episode uh you can spend four key points to make a grapple check against their ac to disarm an enemy a uh, classic spider-man thing web up a weapon and yank it out of their hand that's what it's all about a nice web yank um and this is a bit of a beefier one that i probably will have to balance uh in playtesting this spend five key points to web zip you and one other willing creature five feet to instantly go to an unoccupied space within 60 feet you can see that's just basically a no damage uh thunder step you can do with five key points uh which might be which might be the most overpowered ability on this list. I'll definitely have to work on that, on wording that, and maybe, like, maybe you can't do in one other creature. But, like, you know, I like using movement in this game to, like, support an ally and, like, bring them somewhere they need to be or, like, getting them out of danger. That's just a good feeling, just helping your friends. The real movement spell were the friends we made along the way of running away. <laughs> You can tell my play style because when I first read this, I read it as like a like you zip to an enemy to go fight them instead of <laughs> like zipping away a friend. <laughs> exactly. So I'm definitely a much more just like run in and fight things exactly. kind of player. You grab a barbarian and put them closer to the, which is also fair <laughs> yeah. as well. You know, hey, this is this is why we need two hosts. You know, we need the two sides of the coin: <laughs> a forever DM and an absolutely mad player. <laughs> minus three to intelligence i honestly shouldn't like grunt like talk at that point i'm pretty sure <laughs> he, he just grunts it up. <laughs> yeah dnd stats oh are my funny gosh. speaking of dnd stats <laughs> no stats change at this next uh feature uh but we're just gonna move on with the segue anyway Okay, next up, uh, we have the Grip of the Spider. At 11th level, the Arachnality gives you an uncanny climbing ability. As we all know, monks can... Uh, the sickest part about a monk is that at like level 10, I think, might be level 8, uh, you get to sprint up a wall and sprint across water. It's the best part of being a monk, and it's really sick shit. But you have to end your turn on the ground, or else you like fall. <laughs> like a lot of like features that uh, Wizard of the Coasts do, um, they basically have... Like, a lot of stipulation is just like, oh, you can jump, like, 80 feet in the air, but, you know, you have to be on the ground or else you fall, you know? And so it's like, just let people fly, man. What do you, like, uh, you're a bear totem barbarian. Uh, Greg's a bear totem barbarian. And you can fly eventually, um, but you have to, like, end your turn on the ground or fall. And yeah, Wizard of the Coast is a little <laughs> lame that way i can fly 80 feet in the air but if i do i'm going to fall from 80 feet in the air <laughs> exactly yeah but barbarians can usually take that so yeah uh this grip of the spider very simple thing you can wall crawl and stick on the wall and i also wanted to give at 11th level an ability to use while you're on the wall so you can use like uh three key points um to like grapple a guy and like drag him up to you and like stick him to the wall, Spider-Man Shatter Dimension style. <laughs> Absolutely, my favorite moves to do as Spider-Man Noir is just bat a guy over the head and stick him to a wall. Uh, <laughs> or uh, you can always choose to just let him fall and see if he can take the you know take the hit. <laughs> Which is yeah, I, I you you see a lot of my preferences uh, in this book is with melee damage, verticality, and dropping guys. There's several features where you just <laughs> drop somebody and just have, like, fall damage. Because, like, it's okay. It's, like, a few D10, but, you yeah. know. And finally, uh, we have um, 
the final feature of the monk. A lot of subclasses are a little bit trickier to homebrew for because some subclasses end features at like level 12 and others end at like level 20. So yeah, just making just like an insanely overpowered final 20th feature is sometimes challenging, but I think I found a good one with Spidey here with Sense of the Spider. At 17th level, you can now sense when danger is coming and warn your allies. Even though you may not know what the exact danger is, your natural intuition gives you and other friendly creatures within your movement awareness for one plus your wisdom modifier to initiative rolls and dexterity saving throws. So yeah, everyone around you gets like the spider sense a little bit, you know. Also at 17th level, uh, you can now use web techniques as a reaction instead of a bonus action. You can do one technique as a bonus action and another technique as a reaction, but you cannot use the same technique twice in a round. So <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit just sort of, um, I wish I could have like worded that a little bit better. It's like pretty like, you know, blunt, like, hey, don't, don't you do it. Don't you abuse this, you know, because there are not really anything in D&D that lets you like use a reaction, a bonus action in a turn. There's like a few things in Star Wars 5e, which is a whole nother beast that I'm not ready to homebrew for or even play, really. It's a lot more complicated. That's why I'm making this book for sci-fi D&D stuff. But you can throw a grenade and it's like bonus action reaction in Star Wars 5e, I think, and all that kind of fun stuff. But yeah, that's your Spider-Man monk. I think it turned out really well. I think there's one or two typos, which is probably the minimum amount of typos you'll see uh, in my initial <laughs> posts. So full wording on that. But yeah, check this out on patreon.com slash VME Arcana. Yeah, I, I like it. If we if we ever do like a superhero D&D run, I got dibs on this one. All right. So. <laughs> we like it. Uh, we like it or we don't like it. That's the rating curve on this. And you can let us know if you liked it or not at vmearcana at gmail.com, patreon.com slash vmearcana to read the PDF yourself and give your thoughts. Or you can review the show or you can just keep it to yourself. Okay. <laughs> and you can comment uh, on any other homebrews you want to see or any... Any questions you have about tabletop gaming in general, we'll also cover that in due time. In other episodes, we will do about uh, one or two, two or three subclasses uh, per episode. But since this was the epic first episode, we did a lot of explaining up top and then not a lot of content, which <laughs> is a good tidying for things to come. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Matt Easdale for co-hosting this episode. Yeah, for sure. Anything Always to glad to uh, uh, just D&D as a wonderful pastime that yes. you should definitely try and pick up if if you desire to do so. It can be intimidating at first with all the rules, but once you kind of get into it, it's a lot simpler than it can seem at first glance. Exactly. All we're doing is making it complicated, but it is quite simple once we start playing. <laughs> exactly. As we say at the end of every episode. See ya. See ya.